the Sonic Cinema Production Podcast. Welcome back to Sonic Cinema Production Podcast. I'm Jack Ward. Nothing is better than friends, right? For me, the best thing is to have my brother Jeff and Lothar, sister Tanya Malevich, and the amazing co-founder of Mutual, J.V. Torres from the rise of King Osiris, perform in an old-time radio series X-1. In 2020, we got together during the pandemic and recorded the classic sci-fi story, Junkyard. So let's begin, shall we? The following audio drama is rated PG for parental guidance recommended. Countdown for Blastoff. X minus 5, minus 4, minus 3, minus 2, X minus 1, fire. Far horizons of the unknown come transcribed tales of new dimensions in time and space. These are stories of the future, adventures in which you'll live in a million could-be years on a thousand would-be worlds. The National Broadcasting Company presents X minus one. Tonight's story, Junkyard, by Clifford D. Simak. about the whole thing was that we'd never intended to land on Planet Nine. We circled it and decided it was strictly a low-grade affair. It wouldn't amount to anything for a billion years or so. As commander of the Galactic Survey Team, I couldn't waste my time on it. Then, my exec saw this junkyard through the telescope window. We landed, took a load of alien machine parts discarded by some other spaceship, and then prepared to take off for Earth. It had all been a waste of time. Engine room, McIver. This is Commander Warren. All secure? Yes, Captain. Very well. Countdown to blast off. Engine room ready. X minus five. Minus four. Minus three. Minus two. Minus one. Fire. Mac, what's wrong down there? Well, I... I... I don't know, Captain. Brady, get the data analyzer ready. We'll have to correct for a new takeoff time. It's the first time I've ever heard of engine failure before takeoff. Better before than after. Engine room? Yes, Captain. What's happening? You guys ready yet? No, Captain. Well, burn it, man. Get going. I want those engines started. Captain? What is it? I... I don't know quite what to say. Well, say something, or I'll have you busted. We can't start the engines, Captain. At least, I can't. Well, why not? I don't know. Fine, put Klein on. Lieutenant Klein. 
<sighs> Lieutenant, what is going on down there? Is there something wrong with the engines? No, Captain. I double-checked them. Well then, let's get them heated up. Laura will be on this godforsaken planet for the rest of our lives. We can't do it, Captain. Klein, suppose you tell me exactly why you can't start the engines. Can you do that? <clears throat> yes. Alright, why? Because, Captain. We can't remember how. What? Yes, Captain. We've forgotten how to start the engines. Lieutenant, report up here in one minute. Bring Dr. Spencer with you. All right, Brady, where have you got it? Got what, Iris? Don't play innocent. You and I have been doing planet surveys together for 15 years. You carry enough dead weight and grain alcohol with you to keep you happy for a million light years. Now, obviously the crew in the engine room have gotten into it. That's impossible. Where is it? I got a few fifths in my locker, but nobody's touched it. I checked a few minutes ago. Well, then somebody's got some in the engine room. Come in. Lieutenant Klein, Captain. I've brought Dr. Spencer as ordered. Hello, Doc. Did Klein here tell you what's going on? She did. How long will he take you to get these guys sobered up? Well, I can't. Why not? Because they're not drunk. I tested Klein in my office. Now, wait a minute, Doc. Are you trying to get me to actually believe that my crew, intergalactic engineers with years of interfusion experience, have forgotten how to start the engines of this ship? That's right. You're serious. Dead serious, Iris. Something, somehow, has caused them to forget how to start the engines. perfectly with a lot of other annoying little things that had been happening to us ever since we put down on Planet 9. It was to have been a routine exploration of a low-grade, uninhabited planet. <laughs> Some routine exploration. All right, Klein, listen to me. Do you have manuals aboard? Engineering manuals? Yes, Captain. Take the engine room crew and study those manuals. They'll tell you how to start the ship. Won't they? Yes, Captain. Okay, get going. Doc, I'd like you to stay here with Brady and me for a minute. And report back to me, Klein. Okay, Doc. You're supposed to be an expert on space medicine. What is it? I've never seen anything like it, Iris. Brady? Search me, Captain. I've seen him with space blues, alien psychoses, the works. But I've never seen a disease that can make a crew forget how to start the engines. Maybe it isn't a disease. Okay. What then? Maybe it's a deliberate thing. You mean, they're faking? No, I, I know Klein and the others too well for that. Maybe there's some outside influence. Doc, we've surveyed this planet from top to bottom. We know there isn't a living cell on it. What about the junkyard? Oh. What junkyard? Oh, he means that rusty pile of space engine parts we found. The crew nicknamed it the junkyard. Well, he's right. Somebody put it there. Well, we know that another spaceship landed here. We know that from the blast marks on the rock. We know that for some unexplained reason, they took their engine apart and tried to put it back together again. We know they succeeded in building a much simpler engine, leaving a lot of spare parts. And we know that they took off. 
The blast-off marks tell us that, too. What we don't know is whether or not they left somebody behind. Or something. What about the stone tower, Iris? The crew looked it over. It's just a pile of stones. They probably threw them together as a shelter while they were rebuilding their engine. Oh, that sounds too simple. I don't like that tower, Iris. Why not? I don't know. It's scary and had that black look about it. The smell of death. I felt it when I walked past with Klein and MacGyver. Ah, that's the Celt in you, Banshees and Spooks. I still don't like it. I need a drink. Skip it. We should be ready to blast off in a few minutes. Engine room. Engine room. What's going on down there? Engine room. Lieutenant Klein. Daddy? Is that you, Daddy? Did you bring me a present? Daddy, I'm Holy scared. Holy mackerel, that's Klein. She's gone off her rocker. Klein? Klein! Doc, I think we'd better get to that engine room. Now. examined Klein. He found her to have the mind and memory of a six-year-old. That's it, Iris! Something drained Klein of her memory. And that's about as much as I can tell you. That's a big help. Here's the manual she was reading. Well, at least we can follow this manual and get off this stinking planet. Hand it to me. Right here. Anything wrong, Iris? Is it all there? It's all here, Doc. This is the engine manual that tells all about the engine. How they operate, how how to locate rubble, how to fix them, how to start them. Well, what is it then? You're you're sweating like a pig. All of a sudden, I, I can't remember the symbols, Doc. I've forgotten how to read. I left the engine room and went out through the lock to stand on the outside platform of the ship. I looked over the junkyard where the metal of the rusted engine parts gleamed. There was a riddle there. A riddle we haven't been able to figure out. Why had an alien spaceship landed here, ripped out its engines, and then put together a simple, less efficient engine and taken off again? And they'd worked in an awful hurry, judging by the mess they left. Why? Why? Mind if I join you, Iris? No. Help yourself, Doc. How's Klein? Well, we've made her some toys and she's playing with them. I've assigned Mac to make sure she doesn't hurt herself. Doc? Yes? Have you got any ideas on what's happening to us? Well, man experiences incidents. He, He gathers knowledge and knows emotions. Then, as he grows older, he begins to forget those experiences forget that knowledge. That's what life is. A long series of forgettings. Here on Nine, in some impossible way, the forgetting is speeded up. Well, it happens overnight. No, no. There's more to it than that. I'm going back to my cabin to try to get some rest.
That you, Iris? It's me, bad ears. What gives? We're in a jam. There's been planets I wouldn't mind being marooned on, you know? But this ain't one of them. There's something here, Iris. I can feel it. Yes. I can feel it myself. Maybe we should have looked around more. Klein looked around. Klein was the one who found that tower. Pretty, that's right. She did. She said she didn't like it. She said it scared her. In the morning, bad ears, we'll go and see that tower. In the morning, I took Doc, MacGyver, and Brady with me, and we walked across the valley to the stone tower. It wasn't much of a tower, only eight or nine feet high, made of rocks piled one on top of another. Pretty solid, well-built, and odd. A type F culture, I'd say. Has anybody bothered to look inside this thing? MacGyver, you were here with Klein yesterday. Yes, sir. We couldn't find a way in, Captain. Klein poked around, but gave up. Well, we'll make a way in. Stand back. I think I can shoot the top off it. Now that should be big enough for a man to lure himself into. Okay. Fasten a rope around my shoulders. Uh, Captain. Yes? In case there's anything, well, dangerous, maybe I ought to go. After all, I'm survey engineer. MacIver's right, Iris. Okay. Mac, your responsibility. Go for it. Yes, Captain. Just fasten the rope under my arms. <clears throat> That's it. Now, I'll climb up and lower myself in. If I pull twice, haul me out. One pull means okay. Give me a hand, Brady, huh? Hey, how about a quick shot of whiskey first? <laughs> Never touch it. All right, now. Can you see inside? Black as a tomb. I'm going to lower myself. Pay out a little rope. Well... It's been lovely. Here we go. Uh, one tug. He's on the ground inside. I wonder what he's found. I still don't like it. Oh, Brady, there's probably not a thing in there except a few... Oh, there's two tugs, three... Come on, haul him out. You mean... Come on, just haul him out. Brady, pull him through the top. Right. Easy now, Mac. What the heck is in there anyway? Mac! Holy jumping asteroids. Doc, he's flipped. No, he hasn't lost his mind. He's just reverted to babyhood. We stood there, at the foot of the tower, stunned. MacGyver sat on the ground, happy as a clam, playing with his fingers and talking happy little nonsense syllables. Doc, take a look at If it's fright, his pulse will be way up. Now let me have your hand, as a good boy. Good heavens. I've forgotten what the normal pulse rate is. Pulse? Doc, let's get out of here. Pulse? Brady, bring MacGyver back to the ship. 
Come on, let's get away from this tower. A few minutes later, Brady and I sat in the captain's quarters. He didn't do much talking, just sat and tipped his bottle to his lips ever so often. Well, at least we know in a general way what we're up against. Do we? We know there's been knowledge lost, important information forgotten. Check. Now, that memory, that lost skill, knowledge, went somewhere. Maybe there's something in that tower that takes it away. And I have a silly feeling we might just get it back. Have a drink. Bad ears, get a couple of crew. Volunteers. Now? Now. What for? We're going to find out what's inside that tower. We lowered an infrared movie camera into the tower. Took some pictures and went back to the ship for a look. There was something in there, all right. Now, as far as we can determine, the thing we photographed is shaped like a watermelon standing on end. The movement of the hairs all over it suggests vibrations, such as an antenna of an insect. Underneath are wires leading to terminals that seem to be plugged right into that thing. Do you think it's a form of life? Uh, my guess is a combination of living organism and machine. After all, man and machines work together. The, the difference here is that man retains his individual identity. Well, since it doesn't locomote, someone or something must have put it there. Exactly. It looks like some kind of communication organism. Well, if it is, it's a communication machine that's built to take in information rather than pass it along. <laughs> Do you really think that egg in there has been stealing our memory? Why not? Well, because it's too... it's too wild, that's why not. <laughs> well, it's no wilder than a lot of other things we've found. Say that that egg is a device for gathering knowledge. But there's no knowledge here to gather. I mean, how often does a ship land on an out-of-the-way melon like this? Wait a minute, Brady. Who says that knowledge has to be collected here? Huh? I said, why do we assume that knowledge has to be collected here on Planet Nine? We forget things back on Earth, don't we? Oh, good lord. Suppose you were some race setting out fish traps for knowledge and had plenty of time to gather it. Where would you put your traps? On a planet swarming with intelligent beings? Where the traps would be found and destroyed? Or their secrets snatched away? Or would you put them on some second-rate world where nobody would bother them? Good heavens, I'd pick a spot just like this. Let me fill in this picture, Doc. I think that some unknown race has been bent on trapping knowledge throughout the galaxy. Right? Iris, if what you say is true, if it is that every time someone on Earth forgets something, it's because one of these eggs has drained it out of it. Well? It's too fantastic. Have you got a better guess? I'm afraid not. The question is, what do we do next? <sighs> if anybody gets near that egg, he winds up like some puking little baby. Now, you were pretty near it that first day. Did you forget anything? How should I know? I was too pleasantly lit up on grain spirits to know the difference. Well, the question is still, what now? I'm going outside to think. Iris? Yes? There is one thing to keep in mind. What is that, Doc? If those are memory traps, then there must be a way for somebody to empty them 
And if we are ever going to get away from here, what's gone in has got to come out. I stood out on the platform of the ship and tried to make some sort of pattern out of it, forgetfulness. That was the key word. All through the galaxy, in every culture, there was forgetfulness. There were lots of learned theories, of course. Kinks in the brain, neuroses, data processing. But suppose they were wrong. Might it not be that forgetfulness was caused by thousands upon thousands of these memory traps? planted throughout the galaxy, nibbling away at the conscious memory of all the sentient beings that lived among the stars. On Earth, a man forgets slowly because the traps are far away. But here, in their very shadow, a man forgets suddenly. And then another thought entered my mind. What kind of race had set these traps? How do they empty them? How? How? Brady? Huh? Where do you keep your liquor? What? Come on, where? It's in my locker. Get it out of there. All of it. Iris. That's a direct order. (sighs) Okay. All of it. That it? Yeah. Never thought I'd see the day when you pulled rank on me, Iris. If you confiscate this stuff, so help me, I'll never forgive you. Who said anything about confiscating? Bad ears, have you really... Hung one on. I mean, just P.I. drunk. Well, let's see. Hmm. There was once on Mars, and, um, let's Was that uh, the worst? It was beautiful. Took me three days to sober up. They say I fought off the whole Galactic Patrol for hours. Well, do you think you've got enough here to get that polluted again? I got a pretty good supply, Iris. That's good. Because in one minute, I'm going to give you a direct order to hang on the biggest, most monstrous drunk in the entire history of the universe. But first you have to volunteer. I volunteer. No, 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 no. Not until I explain why I'm doing this. Iris, this sort of project don't need reasons. It's a pleasure. Let me finish. You know that egg up in the tower? Yeah. The minute you get near it, it grabs your mind. Wipes it clean. Yeah. And a lead space helmet doesn't shield you, as we saw with MacGyver. Right. Now... Doc thinks this egg is a kind of communications thing. It must be. Okay. You're a communications man. What do you do when you can't shield a communication? Well, that's easy. You scramble it. Any fool knows... Holy mackerel. Exactly. Bravo. Are you still game? (laughs) Do you think it'll work? I don't know. I think it might. But suppose it doesn't. You're a babbling infant like Klein and MacGyver. At least you're happy, right? (laughs) If we don't stop that thing, it'll happen anyway. Unless we can remember how to start the engines, which... Okay, Iris, I'll do it. When do I start? Right now. Well, Iris, here's mud in your ever-loving intergalactic eyeballs. Uh... You know something? I'm beginning to like this mission already. 
Well, that kills the last bottle. How am I doing, Iris, old buddy? Not drunk enough. I should have picked somebody like Doc, except he'd probably pass out. I'm not, not, I'm not drunk enough, huh, old buddy pal? Not yet. Well then, in which case, old buddy, I'm gonna have to do something I never like to have to do. What's that? I'm gonna have to go into my extra special reserve supply. A little supply I keep in case I get marooned on a planet, you know? <laughs> I don't like to go into it, but in this case, it's my duty. I'm a rambling wreck from Georgia Tech, a heck of an engineer. Rambling wreck from Georgia Tech and a heck of an engineer. Woo! <laughs> Blast off! <laughs> okay. I guess you're ready. What do you think, Doc? Rambling wreck from Georgia Tech. Amazing thing. Heck of an engineer. Rambling wreck from Georgia Tech and a heck of an engineer. Woo! Okay, bad ears on your feet. I'm a rambling wreck from Georgia Tech. Rambling wreck from Georgia Tech. Oh, I'm a rambling wreck from Georgia Tech. Somehow, we pushed, hauled, and stumbled bad ears out of the ship and up the rocks to the egg tower. We erected a tripod with a block and tackle, passed a rope around Brady's chest, and hauled him over the entrance of the tower. There he swung, like some overstuffed pig singing raucously under the right. eerie moonlight. Rambling wreck from Georgia Tech. Well, Rambling wreck what from do you Georgia say, Iris? Tech. Got the earphones on him so they can't slip off? They're on. Guess we're ready to lower him. Iris? Yeah? Are you sure? It's a man's life. I'm not sure, Doc. But as commander of this expedition, I sometimes have to risk the lives of my men. Okay, Iris. Good luck, Brady. Rambling wreck from Georgia Tech. Rambling wreck from Georgia Tech. He's at the bottom, Iris. Bad ears, can you hear me? Put your hands out of my hair. This guy's got his hands in my hair, Iris. Then he must be picking at his brain. Brady! Brady, listen to me. Do you see the egg? See it? It's my buddy, Iris. It's my little egghead buddy. You and me's buddy's egghead, right? He's got a bottle with him. He's pouring it on the egg. Brady! Brady! Listen to me. The wires. Wires? The lead wires you took in with you. Pull out the studs on the egg. Yeah. Pull out the studs on the egg and hook your wires to it. You got that? Yeah, yeah just me and egg here gotta have a drink. Good heavens, it's no use, Iris. He's too drunk to know what he's doing. I'll try again. Brady, listen. Your friend, the egg, can't hear you, see? He can't have a drink with you until you hook your wires into it. 
You got that? He can't have a drink until you hook your wires into him. Sure. That's an awful thing. That's dreadful. Okay, okay. What's he doing, Doc? You getting any impulses? Not a thing. Maybe we better haul him out. If he starts to sober up... Maybe we'd better. Okay. One, two... Wait, wait a minute, wait. I'm getting something. This is fantastic. Haul him out quick! Right! Come on. Ramblin' wrecked from Georgia Tech. Uh, Ramblin', ramblin', ramblin'. Brady. Brady, you all right? Doc. Help me take a look at him. Is he okay? Yes, he's he's okay. He just passed out. Let's get him back to the ship. Right. You know what, Iris? What? Tomorrow, about 9 a.m., we're going to be in on the most colossal hangover in the history of mornings after. Doc Spencer had bargained for. More than any human being had any business being in on. Oh. Well, Brady, how do you feel? Shoot me. You turned the trick. Trick. The tower you hooked oh. into the egg. The stuff is rolling out now. The boys have got a recording hooked up. The stuff they're listening in on is enough to set your teeth on edge. What stuff? The information that Mind Trap has been collecting for hundreds of years. It will take us years for us to sort it out. But we are getting some of it straight already. Any of our own stuff? Plenty. Anything on engines? Well, not on our engines. So? We got the dope on the junkyard anyway. Mac and the boys are hoping to put something together so we can rip out our own engines and just keeping some of the parts. Another junkyard, huh? Another junkyard. The engine we're building now is superior to anything ever built. Pretty handy little gadget, that egg. Only one thing. What's that? Tell Doc. If he comes across a good hangover remedy to let me know. Oh. about six days to assemble the new engines using some of our parts and some of the advanced designs from the junkyard. During most of that time, Doc Spencer sat down at the tower with a set of headphones monitoring the information from the egg. He was like a man possessed. I didn't think anything unnatural was happening until the night of the sixth day. Well, that does it. The boys have got the engines ready for blast off. We should be able to lift her by tomorrow morning, huh? We're blasting off in exactly one minute. What? In exactly one minute. But Iris, Doc and some of the Techno Boys are down monitoring that egg. I know it. Well, it'll take them 20 minutes to get back into the ship with all that equipment. They're not getting back. Huh? I said they're not getting back. Iris, are you nuts? Come here, bad ears. I want you to take a look through this field scope. You can get a good close-up of the Doc and the boys. 
So I've been monitoring that egg for days. Wait until I get it focused. Got him? Yeah. Take a close-up. Mother in heaven! You see why we have to leave them here? Those faces! They're like... like some kind of beast! The same thing that must have happened to the last crew that touched down here. The same thing that made them blast out of here in such a tearing hurry. What? Bad ears. There isn't only knowledge in that thing. Those boys are monitoring something else. Something else? Personalities, bad ears. They're not human anymore. They're turning alien. They were still there when the ship roared up from Planet Nine and pointed her silver nose toward Earth. We could see them in the scopes. A group of tiny figures crouched over the recording equipment, their headphones plugged into the egg. They didn't even look up when we blasted off. They were no longer human now. They were something else. Something a million light years old and of another world. You have just heard X-1, presented by the Mutual Audio Network in partnership with the Amigos Collective and Electric Vicuna Productions, in a tribute to the National Broadcasting Company, in cooperation with Galaxy Science Fiction Magazine. Tonight by transcription, X-1 has brought you Junkyard, a story from the pages of Galaxy, written by Clifford D. Simak, and adapted for radio by George Lefferts, with additions from Jack J. Ward. Transcribed by Sandy Mail. Starring in tonight's play, Tonya Milojevich as Warren, Lothar Tuppen as Brady, Jeff Billard as Spencer, John Bell as McIver, and Jan Deiter as Klein. This story was originally broadcast on February 22, 1956. This reproduction of this classic tale does not in any way assume ownership or intend copyright infringement of the original material. This is Lothar Tuppen for the Mutual Audio Network and the Amigos Collective. Good night. You're listening to a Sonic Cinema production.